So we've had some listeners reach out with some questions about sex, and more specifically, questions about female orgasm. For most young couples getting married, you know that while sex is awesome, it takes a while to develop sexual competence. So we brought onto the show for an interview with Verlinda, an expert in the field of sexuality, Shannon Etheridge. Let's jump straight into that interview, and then we'll have a few closing thoughts afterwards. Oh, hold on before we go there. If you're a little nervous about what you're about to hear, don't worry. This interview is not lewd, nor is it at all crude. I think it's quite dignified, but it is very, very detailed. There's no beating around the bush. And so we are in the family category on iTunes. So if you're listening with your family, you might want to save this one for later. Without further ado, here's the interview. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is Verlinda from the Only You Forever podcast. And today I have a very special guest with us, Shannon Etheridge. Shannon, I am so excited to have you with us today, and I know you'll bring a wealth of information to our listeners, so thank you so much for joining us. You bet, Verlinda. Thanks for inviting me on your show. Oh, I think it'll be great. Just before we start, I want to share a bit of your background with our listeners here. Shannon Etheridge is a million-copy best-selling author, international speaker, certified life coach, and advocate for healthy sexuality. She has a master's degree in counseling human relations from Liberty University, and she's been married for 25 years and is from Texas. Shannon, <laughs> Shannon's a highly recommended resource from Caleb and myself with regard to sexual issues in a Christian marriage. So just before we jump into our topic today, Shannon, can you tell us your story as to how you came to specialize in writing and speaking about sexual issues? Sure. You know, people find that very odd that the one topic on the planet that most people don't feel comfortable about, I am uber comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, but I think that it was probably because of my own personal journey as a teenager from about the ages of 15 to 20 years old, I had a very promiscuous sex life and never really understood that the root cause of that was that I felt so disconnected from my dad and my brother. And I've even traced that back to when I was four years old, I had an eight-year-old sister that died and my brother was 10 at the time. And so really our whole family just shut down at that point. And wow. so I grew up very hungry for attention and affection. And then when I turned 11 or 12 and started developing breasts and hips, I had some uncles in my family who proceeded to teach me how to get attention and affection by playing their little inappropriate games. And so that kind of groomed me until when I was 14 years old, I gave my virginity away looking for that love in all the wrong places. And that just started me on a trajectory for the next five to six years. But then in my early 20s, I met a six foot seven tall spiritual giant too by the name of Greg Etheridge, who was still a virgin. And okay. I just remember thinking, wow, that is so great for you. And I didn't think he'd want to stick around with a girl like me. And so I told him a little bit about my past. And he just said, Shannon, I don't love you because of your past. I love you because of who you are now and who God created you to be. And I want to help you become who God created you to be. And so I just assumed that putting this wedding band on my finger was just going to magically transform my sexuality and just fix all my problems 
problems, but it was a few short years into our marriage that I realized that, no, I, I have to go through some counseling and sift and sort and separate the emotional baggage that I brought into this marriage. And so it was through six months of intense group and individual therapy that I really caught the vision that I am so not the only woman on the planet who has experienced sexual abuse, promiscuity. But then after I got married, I kind of sexually shut down. It was like, okay, why well, I, I can't be acting out with these other men. So I just kind of had to t- flip that switch and turn it off. But that also meant that I was turning it off with my husband. So I basically went, I swung from one end of the, of the sexuality pendulum with acting out and swinging too far to the left to swinging the opposite direction too far to the right and being too conservative and uptight about it. And I've had to just learn to find a healthy middle ground where I'm an interested and motivated sex partner, but only with my husband. And Verlinda, I have to tell you that this past week we celebrated 25 years of marriage. So I definitely think that it's a success story. And I just love helping other people create their own sexual success stories as well. Well, that is awesome. Congratulations on 25 years. That's neat. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think a lot of our audience can relate to you. A lot of them are those young newlywed Christian wives And, you know, maybe they haven't had the promiscuous past, but, you know, they're expected to go from zero sexual activity to being sexually competent overnight. Right. And girls work different than guys. And this topic's come up with several people that Caleb and I have helped. So my question here is, why is it that guys are like, boom, ready to go? And girls, you know, it (laughs) takes work to have an orgasm. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't, but uh, there, you know, I think that God did wire us in such a way that He leveled the playing field somewhat. Because not only are men able to just be ready at boom the drop of a hat, they also finish at boom the drop of a hat. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas, yeah, sometimes it takes women much, much longer. Sometimes ten times longer than it takes a man. But that just means that we get to lay back and experience the pleasure for that much longer. So this is not a race. This is not a, he finishes the race so much faster. So I just shouldn't expect him to do this for me. No, 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 no. He enjoys what he's doing for you. If he's a good lover and he should have all the patience in the world with you in order to reach that climactic point. And so I, you know, like we say on sexy marriage radio, that it's, that's a podcast that I do with Dr. Corey Allen. He brought it up one day that on average, it takes a couple 18 years to settle into a really smooth sexual groove together. And so, yeah, it it may be, it may feel like a headache in your first years of marriage that you're wired so differently and you start so differently and you stop so differently. And, and it's just like craziness sometimes, but you work at it. You really do. It's like dancing. You learn the same step and it just becomes smoother and smoother and more and more enjoyable and more and more euphoric. That's great. Well, that kind of leads to my next question then, which is how can a young Christian wife help her husband? help her have an orgasm. And before you answer that, I'm going to sidebar for a moment here to say that we have a special recording you can get in addition to this interview. And I took five minutes to ask Shannon to speak to husbands. So if you're a husband wanting to help your wife or a wife wanting to give something to your husband so he can help you, in this additional recording, Shannon speaks directly to husbands about how he can help his wife achieve orgasm. So to receive this additional download, text the word podcast to 9292SPOUSE. So message and data rates may apply. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292SPOUSE and we'll get you set up with this bonus content. But back to our topic at hand here, Shannon. How can a young Christian wife help her husband help her to have an orgasm? What can she do? 
Well, first of all, she needs to realize that even though he's definitely a participant, it's not his responsibility. I think that a lot of women go into a sexual experience with their husbands expecting that he's going to know all the right places to push, all the right places to, you know, like what amount of pressure and and how long and all that jazz. But the reality is, is that men don't have a vagina. And so it's really unfair of us to just expect that he should know what he's doing. You teach people how to treat you, and in the same vein, you have to teach your husband what you find enjoyable. And so the first thing I would recommend that women do is get comfortable in your own skin. Because Mm -hmm. if you're uncomfortable with this process, your brain is going to automatically be shut down and The reality is, is that our largest sex organ isn't between our legs. It's between our ears. That it's what happens in the brain that triggers both engorgement and orgasm. So, Verlinda, let me kind of explain the whole engorgement thing, because it's not something that we've really heard in our uh, church culture. You certainly don't hear anything mentioned about that in sermons from pastors. No, not much. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, when when little girls and little boys are conceived in their mother's womb, they they start out with the same genitalia. And what happens is after about the fourth month of gestation, I believe that if there are Y chromosomes, then the clitoris sprouts and becomes a penis. So you have to think in terms of the female clitoris as being the primary stimulated sex organ, that that that's where her orgasmic trigger will be tripped is through stimulating the clitoris. And if you don't know where that is, basically, if you just draw a line from her belly button straight down to her vagina, as soon as her labia split apart, the clitoris is just underneath a hood of skin. So it kind of helps to maybe push the labia back a little bit. And that exposes this really sensitive area. And so you can imagine that if a man is trying to have sex with a limp penis with no blood supply there, it's not going to be very effective. Well, the same is true with the woman having an orgasm. She's not going to be able to trip that trigger unless there's a sufficient blood supply there to really uh, engorge that clitoris and make it feel, basically makes it feel spongy such that any type of pressure or touch is going to be very, very sensitive. Whereas if a woman has her husband touch her directly there without any type of engorgement, it can feel either just uneventful or it can even be painful. So Husbands need to remember this is not an elevator button pushing exercise. (laughs) This is not a vending machine where if I just touch this, you know, often enough, it's going to, you know, spit out the, the candy. If Right. Right. You know, so to speak with the vending machine analogy, it, you, you have to understand that she needs to be turned on before you ever touch her. Mm-hmm. So spending sufficient time in foreplay of kissing and breast fondling and massage and, you know, touching other parts of the body is going to create that oxytocin flow such that the blood flow gets to the clitoris first. And then by the time you touch her clitoris, It feels really, really good. But the most important thing that the wife needs to understand is that you have to cooperate with this process by letting your brain engage sexy thoughts or fantasies, because if it doesn't, the pituitary gland isn't triggered to send that blood flow there to make this process so much easier. Okay. So should a woman expect to have an orgasm every time they have sex? Well, here's the thing. I don't think that she should put pressure on herself that she has to perform. This is not a performance, Yeah. but she has the right to. So even if, you know, I, I think a lot of times 
coming hung up on, well, it takes me so much longer and I shouldn't expect him to put out that much energy, especially late at night after a long day. And it's like, no, if you want an orgasm, you're entitled to an orgasm. But again, you need to be a full participant in the process. This is not just, it's your responsibility to bring the orgasm, make it happen. No, you have to mentally engage and physically engage and really jump on board that train in order for it to take you where you want to go. Okay, that's good. Now, I did have a question from somebody they asked me once, and it was, you know, I can't have an orgasm without clitoral stimulation. And they they sounded as if they thought that was a bad thing and they were ashamed of it. What would you say to that? You know, I watched a documentary not long ago on Netflix. I think that it was called Orgasm Inc. But it was basically how... So many people have perpetuated this myth that women should be having orgasms through vaginal intercourse and that if she can't have orgasm through vaginal intercourse, there must be something wrong with her. Mm -hmm. And nothing could be further from the truth. Uh, Actually, research shows that it's probably more like 17 to 30 percent of women are able to have an, an orgasm through vaginal intercourse and hallelujah, more power to them. I don't fall into that category. I fall into the majority of the more like 70 to 85 percent of women who need clitoral stimulation in order to reach that that place. Also realize that there are two different kinds of orgasms. Actually, there are three different types of orgasms. Okay. So there's the one that there's the one that I just described where there's clitoral stimulation and it's a clitoral orgasmic response. But there's also a G-spot orgasm. And how I describe that is that if a wife is laying on her back and her husband has his finger inside of her, and I recommend the middle finger just because it's the longest, um, okay. and he has his palm facing the ceiling, such that the pad of his finger, the like the fingertip where the fingerprint is, is able to make a hook motion and stroke the anterior portion of her vaginal canal. Basically, it's the portion of her vaginal canal that's closest to the nerves that run down through the clitoris. But okay. if he does that long enough and just right, he will trigger an orgasmic response that will freak them both out because here's what most women don't even know that their bodies are capable of experiencing. A G-spot orgasm, it releases certain glands inside the vaginal canal and it expresses a significant amount of fluid. Like you might expect to expel up to like a fourth to a half a cup of fluid. And you may think, oh my goodness, I must have wet the bed. But here's the thing. If you will just empty your bladder before engaging in this process, you will know that it's not urine. Also, urine Mm -hmm. is yellow and has an acidic smell to it. And vaginal secretions do not. They are clear and they don't really have much of a taste at all from what I've been told by my husband. Or they actually have... Uh, they can have a sweet taste according to what she's eaten. And I've heard that pineapple is a really great thing to sweeten that juice. But just be prepared that you need to have not just a towel. It can actually soak through a towel. Uh, you need to have a waterproof crib pad, which is something you can pick up at any baby store. But, you know, something that's waterproof to where neither person is going to have to sleep in the wet spot that night. <laughs> but, but I told you that there's three types of orgasm. So in addition to the clitoral orgasm, in addition to the G-spot orgasm. Yep. There's also a blended orgasm. He has to really know what he's doing, but it's certainly something that men can learn with a little bit of coaching from his wife. It's basically that he has his finger inside her vaginal canal, stroking that anterior portion and creating a G-spot orgasm, while at the same time using his tongue or fingers or marital aid or whatever to stimulate her clitoris to where he triggers an orgasm from both those places simultaneously. Now, this is likely to put a woman on the ceiling with 
you know, with fingernails <laughs> dug into the ceiling texture. It, it's it's pretty intense to experience both of those at the same time. But, you know, it just takes practice. So the idea of I don't think I could have an orgasm every time for those of us who are a lot more experienced and maybe even married a lot longer then the idea of having an orgasm every time isn't intimidating at all. That's just kind of the expectation. It's like, of course, we're going to engage in sex and and uh, he's going to have his orgasm and I'm going to have mine. And what I really recommend is that the couples prioritize her orgasm first, because the reality is, is that after a man has an orgasm, there are hormones that are released that make him very, very tired and sleepy. Whereas for a woman, it's the opposite. When her hormones are released that she had an orgasm, she wants to mount that guy that just made her feel that way. <laughs> she, wa she wants to be made love to. And yeah. so making sure that she has her orgasmic experience first, just kind of make sure that both partners are totally satisfied by the time it's all said and done. And Verlinda, one more thing I want to add, that whole notion of, of Sigmund Freud saying that women just had penis envy. They just wish they had one of these. <laughs> My philosophy is, excuse me, you know, men can only orgasm one way and women can orgasm three different ways. Yeah. And men can only orgasm once before he has to have a refractory period or a rest period before he's ready to go again. Whereas women can have one orgasm after another after another until she just can't take it anymore. And then there's, you know, uh, the matter of how many nerve endings are in the sex organs. A male penis has 4,000 nerve endings, but the female clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. Nerve endings. So we have twice oh. as many nerve endings. I hadn't so heard that before. Yeah. So this notion that that sex is just a woman's marital duty rather than her marital delight. Nothing could be further from the truth. And the notion of us having penis envy, I think that is totally ridiculous because why would a woman want a shotgun when she already owns a semi-automatic? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, women have to catch the vision that, okay, this is not just something I do to satisfy him. There's so much pleasure for me to experience in this connection. I just need to focus on what I need to be focusing on. And that's something sexy that's going to send these signals to my brain, to the pituitary gland and to my clitoris, because you cannot experience orgasm thinking about the grocery list and the remodeling project and what the kids have going on at school tomorrow. I mean, you have to engage the brain to create an orgasmic response. Right. That's good. Well, I think it's interesting too, what you're saying about the brain, because, you know, people come into a marriage, they might have anxiety about sex or their body, they might have shame from their past, but it's possible, obviously from your story, it's possible to get past that. How, do you, how do you recommend, like you recommend counseling and Counseling is often a, a good approach, but some people would rather just kind of read a book and see if they can't overcome it on their own. It's certainly a much cheaper option. Yeah. And so a couple of books that I can recommend, a book that I wrote several years ago for the mainstream market is called The Sexually Confident Wife. Connecting with your husband, mind, body, heart, and spirit. We lay out very clear plans on how to accomplish the big O. Okay. And then also, if they would prefer a Christian book, my most recent release is called The Passion Principles about celebrating sexual freedom in marriage. And there's also a very clear plan on how husbands and wives can maximize the pleasures that they experience with one another. But yes, I often do coaching with couples or females in order to help them sift and sort and separate the baggage they 
that keeps them from experiencing this kind of pleasure because yeah, there's a long laundry list of issues that it could be. It could be poor body image. It could be a legalistic upbringing where if you're told repeatedly, good girls don't, good girls don't. Yeah. It's really hard to silence that voice in your head long enough to experience this euphoric pleasure that we're describing. And so sometimes it really does help to to talk with someone who can kind of coach you through that process. And another thing I want to mention for Linda is mm-hmm. I do these four-day intensive workshops for women who are having any type of sexual hang-up. And so whether it's they've swung too far to the left and they've acted out either prior to marriage or within their marriage, or maybe they've swung too far to the right and they've just literally shut down in marriage and there's not a lot of sex happening at all and she's not quite sure why, I invest four days with a small group of eight to ten women in my living room. And I do this about five or six times a year. But we... We unpack the first 20 years of their life and look at some of the most significant traumatic experiences that created negative emotions that they didn't know how to process those at the time. They most likely stuffed them in the basement of their soul. And right. sometimes it's those it's those emotions that keep them from feeling the freedom to engage in this type of, you know, sexual freedom. And so I just recommend for people to go to shannonethridge.com and click on the workshops link and read more about women at the well workshops, because we have sent so many women home, so lighter, so freer, so eager to connect with their husbands. I've actually received flowers, letters, and candy from husbands saying, Oh Oh, my goodness, (laughs) the, the wife that I sent to you is not the wife that you sent me back. And I just love hearing those success stories that couples just have these major sexual breakthroughs. Because here's the thing. If you've been married a year, 10 years, 20 years, there's still many, many, many years ahead of great sexual connection that you could be having if she could just learn what is it that's really holding me back and overcome that hurdle. And here's just one last thing I want to throw in. Uh, You and I have been talking about how scary it is, you know, when we have parents that are growing older and then we're the next generation to grow older. Yeah. But the best preventative medicine against degenerative disease, specifically Alzheimer's, is actually frequent orgasm. Really? Yes. It lights up parts of the brain simultaneously that no other activity accomplishes that. And so there's so many physical, medical, spiritual, emotional, mental, sexual, relational reasons to get in touch with your sexuality and become the sexually confident wife that you deserve to be. That is awesome. Just thank you so much, Shannon. How can people learn more about what you do? You mentioned shannonetheridge.com. Yes. If they will go to shannonethridge.com, basically our ministry kind of has several different directions. We offer the the coaching with women or with couples. I don't do coaching with men alone. I, it, it has to be in the context of a couple. Okay. I also do speaking at churches or retreats or whatever. Uh, then we offer a plethora of books on all different types of topics of sexuality and you know different age ranges, whatnot. And then we do these workshops. And then I also just have to mention that for people who are listening to what you and I are doing going, I think I could do that someday. I I wonder if God wants me to speak or to write about passions that are really near and dear to me. I would also encourage them while they're on the website to look at my BLAST mentorship program, which stands for Building Leaders, Authors, Speakers, and Teachers. Because I think that God is looking for a lot more people who are willing to put themselves out there and just speak or write or, or counsel or lead on these topics that God lays on their hearts. That's good. That's great. Well, thank you so much for this and for being with us today, Shannon. You gave us a lot of valuable insights, and I know our audience is going to love it. So thank you so much. 
You bet. I appreciate the time and God bless you guys. Thank you. So for our listeners, remember, we will provide links to Shannon Etheridge's site and any that we've mentioned at oyf.link slash 57 if you didn't get all that info. Well, Verlinda, that was an awesome interview. Shannon was just great. Oh, you did great too. Oh, thanks, honey. Yes. And for our audience, I hope you found this helpful for you and a real blessing to your marriage. Yeah, I think we should point out that one of God's greatest gifts is the pleasure of healthy sexuality experienced within marriage. So we hope you're enjoying this blessing too, but we also know that there's a whole lot of stress and anxiety and even conflict that happens in marriages around sex. But it doesn't have to be that way. And if one of your frustrations has been the inability to orgasm, we trust that this will be a huge help to you. Mm -hmm. And don't forget about the bonus recording we'd love to hook you up with. If you're a husband who wants to do his best for his wife, or you're a wife listening to this and your husband is like that, this bonus content is for any husband who wants to be the Mac Daddy for his wife. (laughs) (laughs) So to get that additional content from Verlinda and Shannon, text the word podcast to 9292-SPOUSE. Message and data rates may apply. Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292-SPOUSE, and we'll get you a link to that bonus recording specifically for husbands, how you can help your wife. Well, that's all for today's episode. We told you we wanted to help you build a thriving, passionate marriage, and we're pretty sure today's episode really delivered on the passion part. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of people tell us before we go over, Linda, mm-hmm. that one thing they struggle with in their marriage, especially if they've had kids, is spending more time together. So we're going to be talking about creating time together as a couple in our next episode. Don't miss mm-hmm. it. And we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.